We got some college football news on Tuesday, January 17th. Is TCU really going to hire Kendall Bryles? Tulane is making a new defensive coordinator hire after Oregon poaches theirs. What's going on with the Alabama defensive coordinator position after Pete Golding leaves for Ole Miss? Who are the most exciting teams in 2022? Jim Harbaugh staying at Michigan. Brian Hartline is the new offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Baylor makes a new hire. Greg Sankey calls out another commissioner. And then we got some more about Walker Howard and Ole Miss. Rush Probst is back. So much going on on today's Winning Cures Everything. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Can you believe it? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It's Tuesday, January 17th. I am. That's right, your host. Gary Seegers, you can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. Hopefully, everybody's having a wonderful week thus far. Hopefully, you all had a good holiday on Monday if you were, in fact, off work for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Ah, we got a lot of things to discuss that have happened since we last spoke on Friday. We planned on doing a show on Monday that did not occur uh, because uh, it is difficult to do a show at home with a four-year-old these days. A lot of you guys know I do have a little boy named Lincoln. Uh, He is at home, um, you know, whenever we have holidays, of course. He's in preschool right now, or pre-K, I guess. He'll start kindergarten next year. But uh, yeah, he is is quite the handful. Quite the handful. Uh, We are are slowly but surely converting him into a college football fan. It is taking a little bit of time. He's much more interested in pirates right now, but either way, uh, yeah, we, we have a good time on these holidays. We spend uh, a lot of family time together currently. Uh, so I will be doing uh, the majority of the shows from right here in the humble abode. Uh, again, hopefully everybody had a good good holiday like I did. Uh, it was nice to not have to worry about anything for a little while. That does not mean that I did not keep up with what's going on in the college football world. I got a whole slew, as you can see. I got notes. I got a whole slew of things for us to discuss first. 
let me go ahead and tell you that the show is brought to you by BetUS. It is America's premier online sportsbook. They've got incredibly quick payouts. They have got the best customer service. The website is easy to navigate, and that is, of course, the most important thing, right? Uh, go and check them out, betus.com. It is where the game begins. And if you sign up using the link in the description down below, you can get a $50 free play with no deposit required. So go ahead and make sure you take advantage of that over at BetUS. All right. Let me go on and get you to put in, if you would so kindly, if you're watching the show, whether it be on Twitter or on YouTube, etc., uh, reply or jump in the chat or jump in the comments with what town you're watching from. I want to know where you guys are, where you guys are actually consuming the content. Uh, if you're on podcasts, leave a, leave a review with where you're from. I would like to hear from you, along with any questions or any ideas that you might have for the show. I'd like for you to toss them on there as well. Let's go on and dive into uh, the first topic of the day and that would be this. TCU has centered in on Arkansas offensive coordinator Kendall Bryles to fill their recently vacated offensive coordinator position. Now, is this actually going to happen? I think that's the first question. We'll go on and pull up on the screen an article from Football Scoop. And uh, as you can see at the top, it says, Sources, TCU Kendall Bryles have mutual interest in Horn Frog's OC position. Uh, it says that Bryles has engineered record-setting offenses at Arkansas under Sam Pittman, also worked under Lane Kiffin, among others. Kendall Bryles, of course, was at Baylor when all of the stuff went on with his father, Art Bryles. Um, and we're not going to get into a discussion about what did or did not happen, who was involved, etc. Uh, we are well past that. You can Google. You can do your own research. I am not here to give you an opinion on that. What I am curious about is why in the world Sonny Dykes continues to try and hire guys that were at Baylor when that whole scandal was going on. And I understand that Baylor was a winning football program at the time. And I understand that Kendall Bryles actually does a lot of the same stuff that Sonny Dykes likes to do with explosive plays, etc. Explosive plays are more important to football games now, even than turnovers, if you really pay attention to the numbers. But does that mean that you at TCU should be willing to overlook everything else just to hire a coach in Kendall Bryles. This is not going to be a popular hire. There are some people that are fans of TCU football that will be willing to overlook things so long as the team continues to win. There are some people that are win-at-all-costs at every school, right? Whether it's in the administration or the fan base. Yet We look at Texas A&M. Uh, we can laugh at the Bobby Petrino thing, but if that thing works, nobody's going to look at what he did in his past, at least not inside that organization. They're going to be looking at wins. Winning is, in fact, uh, what cures everything. I mean, it's the name of the show, right? Like, I <laughs> It is the name of this show. Winning cures everything. And it's, it's true, uh, but this would be another hire from that time at Baylor. Uh, the... The strength coach's name is Kaz Kazadi, and there was rumblings when Kaz was hired about, do you really want somebody at TCU that was at Baylor when all this stuff was going on? Kendall Bryles has been vetted. He has coached multiple places. You look at where Kendall Bryles has been. He was at FAU under Lane Kiffin. He went over to Florida State with Willie Taggart. He then went to Arkansas. He has been around the block. Okay? 
and he has had successful offenses everywhere that he has gone. Does it always equate to wins? No, but that doesn't necessarily fall on him. His offenses have done their jobs. If I'm Sonny Dykes, there are other offensive coordinator hires that you could make that would still be successful, that would be less of a headache, that would not make your fans feel like they are selling their souls in order to uh, root for the team. I'm not sure that I fully understand what the point is. Why would you continue to do this? Uh, We'll pull it up. It says, uh, as TCU seeks to replace record-setting offensive coordinator Garrett Riley, college football's reigning Broyles Award winner as the nation's top assistant coach, one name familiar throughout the state of Texas continues to pop up, and that's Kendall Bryles. This is from John Bryce and Zach Barnett over at Football Scoop. Uh, It says, his Arkansas... Or he is Arkansas's record-setting offensive coordinator, a Lone Star State native, and former University of Houston football player. Um, it says, one source with long-standing Big 12 experience told football scoop Zach Barnett that Browse is real in regards to the TCU vacancy, with another source indicating it's real, but don't believe anything is done yet. Uh, look, again, he was not directly involved in that controversy. And he has done good things. But the name alone makes people uh, recoil a bit, right? You hear the word Bryles, and you immediately start to think of things. Now, the other part of this is the fact that, uh, yes, you can point to certain things, but there there were problems with that offense at Arkansas this year, so much so that there was widespread thought that Sam Pittman was going to replace Bryles at the end of this past season. Now, he did retain him. He is on staff. But this would be a bit of a golden parachute for Kendall Bryles. I don't think that it's a good idea to make the hire. And even if you do hire him and you continue to make strides towards winning a national championship, even if you were to make it to the playoff again or win another Big 12, well, win a Big 12 championship, I don't think that that necessarily uh, means that the hire was successful. You have to look and see exactly what your fan base wants, what your power brokers want, and I don't think this is it. I don't think the TCU fans and uh, boosters, etc., the people that really support this school, feel comfortable with having a Bryles on staff, having another member of the staff that was at Baylor when all of that mess was going on. I just don't. Now, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Again, the name of the show is Winning Cures Everything. In this case, maybe it doesn't. I'm not sure. I can't wait to see exactly what's going to happen here. But, man, um, I mean, this one really had me torn over the weekend. I mean, you you want to be able to win, but at what cost? At what cost? All right, moving along, we got some big-time moves. Tulane is hiring Lance Guidry, who is Marshall's defensive coordinator, to the same position. Uh, And we'll talk in a minute why that position was open for Tulane. But Guidry is a fantastic hire for Tulane. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, He coached high school football in Louisiana, so he's got ties there, obviously. He was the head coach at McNeese State, so he has been around the block in Louisiana. He understands the recruiting landscape. He just, he understands the landscape, period, 
in Tulane, in New Orleans, in Louisiana, period. This is a fantastic hire, not to mention the fact that Guidry's defense was number one in raw EPA per play this year. That team was fantastic on defense. So Guidry is a dynamite hire for Willie Fritz and company. I mean, this is a, this is a big, big get for them. Uh, that, this is one of the names that I had on Alabama's list for defensive coordinator. I thought Guidry would be absolutely fantastic at a, at a bigger job. And Tulane technically is a bigger job than Marshall. So uh, the reason why that job is open, and I'll go on and toss it right here, the reason that job was open is because Oregon hired Chris Hampton, who is or was Tulane's defensive coordinator, to a uh, to a role on the defensive staff, right? A position coach. He's probably going to coach safeties, I guess, because uh, the guy that was coaching Oregon safeties uh, was their defense coordinator, etc. Uh, he went to Baylor, um, or wasn't defense? Well, regardless, regardless, uh, Baylor took their safeties coach. So Oregon went and took Tulane's defensive coordinator who coaches safeties, coaches DBs. So uh, Chris Hampton, I think, is going to fit in well there. Uh, you can look at, let's see, let's go on and toss it on the screen here. It's five things to know about Oregon's newest defensive coach, Chris Hampton. This is from Ducks Wire. And, uh, and it says that, you know, Hampton was a former South Carolina safety. Uh, he was a four-year letterman, two-year starter. Um, this was you know, before they got really, really good uh, under under Spurrier and all that in the early 2010s. Uh, long history coaching safeties and cornerbacks. Said that he started as a GA at Arkansas State, uh, mo- eventually moved to the GA position with Georgia Tech. He then went, uh, he went one year at Central Arkansas, then joined the McNeese State staff. And, uh, and then, you know, Hampton moved to Tulane as defensive backs coach for three years and, uh, and then went on to Duke for one year and then back to Tulane. I, look, he hadn't been out west, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything because Oregon is going to recruit nationally. And on top of that, the guy knows his stuff. Obviously, if you watch Tulane's defense this year, they were really, really good. This is a great, great get for Oregon. Um, on the same side, going back to Guidry, uh, I mean, he goes back home. This is perfect. Absolutely perfect. So two good hires that uh, that I believe are going to set both of these teams up rather well. I think Oregon will be significantly improved on defense this year uh, because of the moves that have been made. That's, that's what I believe. Moving along, Ole Miss has hired Alabama defensive coordinator Pete Golding uh, to the same position. He is going to be the D.C. at Ole Miss. And while there are Alabama fans and critics uh, that believe that Pete Golding was an issue for the Tide, it it can be said that it would still be a step up for Ole Miss. Now, when you look at just raw defensive numbers, Pete Golding did an incredible job the past two years, right? Just overall EPA, overall uh, total yardage, yards per play. That kind of, They were number four. Alabama was number four in yards per play defense in 2022. The issue that Alabama fans had was when Auburn, in their one-dimensional offense, still runs for over 300 yards against the defense. When Tennessee, uh, you've got somebody like Jalen Hyatt that just continually gets behind the defense. That's the issues that they had. It didn't feel like there were a lot of adjustments being made, but it's hard to blame that on Golding because everybody knows that the scheme is Nick Saban's. 
if Saban saw an issue, he was going to make a change. So I think that Ole Miss has made a step in the right direction with this because Pete Golding is also an incredible recruiter. He understands talent. He knows what it means to go and get talent. So this will be a good gig for him. I fully believe that. And I I think it's actually less pressure than what he was facing in Tuscaloosa because the cries for him, especially after that Tennessee game, were brutal, absolutely brutal. On the other side, Alabama. Now, right down the uh, the time here. Alabama hired in Southern Miss defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong as, I believe, a linebackers coach. He's going to replace uh, Charles Kelly's spot there. Um, I think this is a good move for Alabama. Uh, again, with Pete Golding, I don't believe that the defensive uh, failings at certain points this season and basically throughout his entire tenure are all his fault, right? The game is skewed towards offense nowadays. That's just the way that it goes. Like, you're going to have teams that put up points. They're going to find mismatches even on the best and the most talented defenses. That's just the way. You look at Georgia's defense this year. Their defense was absolutely lights out. And a team like Ohio State was still able to put up 41 points on them in the Peach Bowl. There are mismatches that you can take advantage of, and good offensive minds will find ways to put up points against them. So we can't fully blame Pete Golding. On the other hand, Golding's been there for a while. It was likely time for a move. What does Alabama do now? So you bring in the Southern Miss defense coordinator, uh, but he's going to be a position coach. Who is going to be the new D.C.? And we'll worry about the the O.C. whenever Bill O'Brien ends up moving on because I, I fully believe that that's going to happen. Nick Saban, first off, the reason why Pete Golding took the, and this is my opinion, the reason why Pete Golding went to Ole Miss, I think Lane Kiffin, did Nick Saban a favor by taking somebody that Saban may not have wanted still on the staff, but Saban doesn't like to fire people now. He just moves them to other positions, other you know coaching locations. Uh, you can look at any number of things. Just look and see when the last time an assistant coach was actually fired at Alabama. That's it's it's going to be a while uh, before you actually find that. So uh, he. You know, I think that Saban talked to Kiffin, and yeah, there's reports that Pete Golding turned down a raise to stay at Alabama, Uh, but I think the fact of the matter is that Saban and Kiffin are friendly, and Kiffin wants the Alabama job. Bottom line, like Kiffin could have been the Auburn coach this year if he wanted to be, and he knew that if he takes the Auburn job, he will not get the Alabama job, period. So, again... What does Alabama do with their defense coordinator position? And I put up a list, uh, and I don't think I pulled it up, but regardless, uh, I put up a list of people that I would reach out to if I were Alabama, right? And my thought process behind this was new guys, new coaches, you know, more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like guys that... uh, it would come in and basically be like Pete Golding. That was at least my my thought process. Here we go. Um, there was a lot of smoke around Glenn Schumann early, the Georgia co-defense coordinator who was their play caller this year. Of course, they've still got Will Muschamp over there. 
Marshall defense coordinator Lance Guidry, NC State defense coordinator Tony Gibson, uh, Toledo DC Vince Karras. I put Southern Miss DC Austin Armstrong on there. Uh, Wisconsin DC Mike Tressel, uh, who used to be at Cincy, he moved along with um, Luke Fickle, and then Jim Leonard. Now, Leonard would still be a good get. Gidry, I don't think, is going to make the move, and if he thought that there was a chance that he could get Alabama, I don't think that he would have done Tulane right now. Schumann, I think, still is a possibility because he graduated from the University of Alabama. He was a GA at Alabama and an off-field coach uh, all the way through 2015. He was Kirby Smart's first hire at Georgia. He's the first person that he took with him over to Georgia. So that is a possibility. Um, I put that there's no way that Pruitt happens. And I'm beginning to think that I might be wrong about that. If you are Nick Saban, you know, Saban is what, 71 years old? Do you really want to break in a new coach that you have to teach the system to all over again? Now, Schumann already knows the system. He already knows everything that there is to know. Do you want to bring in somebody else that that has not worked for you before when you're trying to win another title before you eventually retire? Like, he understands that his time, at Saban, understands that his time is limited and now, from everything that I'm hearing, it appears that there is a push to bring Jeremy Pruitt back in. I, I would be beyond shocked if it ends up happening. I really would. Because all the NCAA stuff with, with Pruitt, like we're going to find out middle of spring, I guess, sometime around there, what the actual uh, penalties I guess that's the word I'm looking for. What the penalties will be for the recruiting violations, et cetera, at Tennessee under Pruitt. He could end up with a show cause. Do you want to be going through this again? You know, I, I think the the most realistic thing that we're looking at is probably Alabama paying a lot of money to Glenn Schumann to come in and run the defense and Jeremy Pruitt being an analyst. That's just a guess, because I would imagine that Schumann, if he is successful at Alabama as well, he will get a head coaching offer very, very soon. Just a guess, because he is rapidly rising the ranks. So, all right, let's, uh, let's hit some ads right quick, and then we're going to talk about the most exciting teams in 2022. But, uh, but first, let's do this. Let's check out some things you should know about. College football is back, and BetUS TV has you covered. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, we've got expert game analysis to help you make informed decisions before kickoff, only on the BetUS TV College Football Channel. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, gambling picks, merch, the gear we use, and more. If you want more content from me, Gary, visit BetUSTV.com. I host the How to Gamble on Sports Show and, from August through January, the BetUS College Football Show. You can subscribe to both on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and more. 
Visit winningcureseverything.com slash store to see what all we've added. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And now, back to the show. All right, all right. Uh, again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you're watching the show on YouTube, go ahead and hit that like button and make sure that you are subscribed to the channel, whether it be on podcast or on YouTube. We certainly appreciate that. Let's talk about the most exciting teams in college football in 2022. Now, I'll go ahead and pull it up on the screen, give you guys a... Uh, I know that the type is small. You can pause it if you need to, et cetera, to be able to see exactly who I'm talking about. This is the 2022 College Football Excitement Index. Basically, what this is is a... uh, Well, here, I'll just read it straight from College Football Data. It measures the overall excitement of the game based on swings in in in-game win probability, average game scores around 4.0. There is no limit to the upside, but the most exciting games will finish 6.0 or higher. So which teams had, basically, if you watched one team for the entire season, which teams were the most fun to watch? Which ones, you know, really were entertaining football? And I think that the top 10 is going to surprise you. You can see it right here on the screen. Number one is Miami of Ohio. Uh, They, of course, being in the MAC, uh, they were, I probably should have put these numbers here, uh, Miami of Ohio, Averaged a 7.26 on their games. I mean, it's just absolutely bonkers when you look at the the swings and win probability in their games. Number two, Ball State, another MAC team. Number three is Texas Tech, and Texas Tech makes the most sense to me because and now Miami of Ohio and Ball State played a bunch of close games, so that makes absolute perfect sense. Texas Tech is mainly because of their fourth down attempts. Right, Zach Kitley loves to go. They they study analytics. They go for it more than anybody else in the country. This team was all over the place. So Texas Tech at three makes sense. Number four is Buffalo. So the Bulls, another MAC team, close games makes sense. Number five, Georgia State. Now that does make sense. They played some really close games. They lost some close games. When we get into 
uh, post-game win expectancy and who overperformed and who underperformed, et cetera, you'll see uh, Georgia State had uh, some interesting games. Georgia Southern is number six. Number seven is Eastern Michigan. Uh, this is another MAC team. Again, close games in the MAC means huge swings in win probability during ball games. Number eight was Coastal Carolina. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense because they did play some really close games in the Sun Belt. Number nine is East Carolina, and then number ten is West Virginia. I think that those top ten would surprise you, right? Uh, let's go through conference by conference. I'll give you the top two in each conference. The AAC. Number one was East Carolina. Number two is Houston. In the ACC, number one was Wake Forest. Number two, Virginia Tech. That's right. In Brent Key's first season, they were one of the more exciting teams. Uh, yes, postgame win expectancy, I think, will shock you on Virginia Tech. Big 12, Texas Tech and West Virginia. I already talked about those. In the Big 10, number one was Indiana. Number two was Nebraska. That's right, Nebraska, the same bunch that fired their coach after week two. Yes, Nebraska. Uh, Conference USA, Florida Atlantic, and UTEP. That's right, that's right. The Independents, Liberty was number one, and Army was number two. Uh, In the MAC, Miami of Ohio and Ball State, we talked about those. In the Mountain West, number one was Wyoming, number two was San Jose State. And yes, I, I think that those two do make sense. You play close games, you're going to have huge swings. Uh, it makes sense. In the Pac-12, number one was Cal. Number two, Oregon State. That's right. The 10-win Beavers were number two in the most exciting uh, teams to watch in the Pac-12. In the SEC, number one was Arkansas. And if you go back and actually think about the games that Arkansas played in, a lot of close wins, a lot of swings in win probability, etc. Think about that Alabama game. They were down 28 to nothing. Then they were down 28 to 23, and then they ended up getting run out. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Texas A&M, kind of the same thing. Closer games, a lot of close games. Uh, the Sun Belt, number one, Georgia State. We talked about that. And then number two, Georgia Southern. The most exciting teams. And I'll, I'll probably go through this year on Twitter, uh, somewhere else as well, and we will talk about you know, what the most exciting games were. Uh, one through probably 40 again. So I did the same thing on Twitter last year, uh, shared out clips of each game, all that kind of stuff. So pay attention to that going forward. Uh, Let me tell you right quick about Flow Sports. Flow Sports is fantastic. Over 25,000 different sports matches like MMA, D3 football, etc. You can click the link in the description to go and check them out. Uh, I highly, highly recommend it. They have got exclusive sporting events over there that, that you, I bet, as a sports fan, if you're watching this, you're a diehard. Let's not kid ourselves. I think you would be interested in flow sports. So check it out. Jim Harbaugh is staying at Michigan. Does that surprise anybody? Not really me, I don't think. Um, My question here is, was he really interested in the NFL? Or was this all just a contract dispute? We're going to pull it up. Santa Ono, the president at the University of Michigan, said, uh, I just got off the phone with Coach Harbaugh, and Jim shared with me the great news that he is going to remain as the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. That is fantastic news that I have communicated to our athletic director, Ward Manuel. Hashtag go blue. These pictures that they share out are just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So, of course, happy mission from Michigan football's Twitter account, football. 
Uh, it says, I love the relationships that I have at Michigan. Coaches, staff, families, administration, President Santa Ono, and especially the players and their families. My heart is at the University of Michigan. I once heard a wise man say, don't try to out happy happy. Go blue. So, again, the graphics are ridiculous that they continue to share out. I don't know why the president had to share a graphic. I don't know why the president is the one that's, uh, that's releasing this news. But I, I do feel that this was completely contract-related. I think that he did have NFL interest. I think NFL teams did want him, but I don't think that they were willing to give him the kind of control that he wants after being a college football coach. As a college football coach, you have control over everything. Your recruiting board, the way that the organization is run, period. You have control over all of it. Once you've got a taste of that, you go to the NFL, all of a sudden you got a GM. You got a team president. You got all these other people that don't necessarily have to do it your way. It's a whole different ballgame. Now, Harbaugh was an incredibly successful NFL coach, right? 44 and 19, I believe. Look, I have no doubt that he would be successful again. I think that he could adapt. If you were given the amount of money at Michigan that he wants, why would you leave? Now, of course, we can sit back. It sounds a little ridiculous when I come on and talk all the time about how insane the workload has gotten for college coaches and that the majority of them would rather be in the NFL. But the truth of the matter is uh, the workload has gotten really, really difficult for the people under the head coach. The, the, the head coach still has to do a lot of work now because of the way that the, the calendar is working. But it, truth be told, like the majority of coaches would rather work in the NFL because there is at least an offseason. There is at least a chance to take a break from building your roster, right? In college football, it is just the wild, wild west out here. Do I think it's good that Jim Harbaugh is coming back? Yes, absolutely. Right? This is better for the game of football for Michigan to be good. It's better for the game of football that characters like Jim Harbaugh exist. That's the biggest thing. But honestly, it's not super surprising to me. Because I didn't think that any NFL franchise was going to give him the control that he wanted And I think it really just came down to uh, who, like, is Michigan going to give him what he wants? And it turns out, yes. I think the biggest thing that you can take away from this is the fact that the president of the university and the head coach got together and figured this out. And not the AD. The fact that the president said, I have informed our AD that Harbaugh is going to stay on as head coach. How long is Ward Manuel going to be in this position? Because if this was a battle between him and Harbaugh, looks like Harbaugh just won. Just a guess on my part. Let's talk right quick about Ohio State. Seems like a good stopping point, right? <laughs> a good transition from Michigan straight to Ohio State. Brian Hartline is going to be the new offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Now, he was already the passing game coordinator. But now that Kevin Wilson has taken over the Tulsa job, They were looking for a new OC. It makes absolutely perfect sense that Hartline would step right up into that role. Now, I don't know that Hartline has ever actually called plays in a meaningful game, right? I don't know that. What I do know is that there was a lot of talk about Ryan Day giving up play-calling duties after the playoff game. 
right? Kirk Herbstreit talked about this uh, going, I think, at the Rose Bowl, whatever, college game day, somewhere around there. Does Ryan Day want to give up play calling duties to somebody that does not have experience calling plays? I think that's a big, big deal. Now, we'll see. Obviously, Hartline is great at his job. He is great at recruiting. Uh, he's going to move on to bigger, better things. He's going to be hired as a head coach somewhere eventually. It will happen. He might be next in line if Ryan Day decides to get an NFL edge. But I think this is a huge, huge move and big for Ohio State to uh, promote him, uh, but also just to keep him, just to keep him around for a while. If you look at what this guy has done recruiting-wise, that roster is awesome. And it has a lot to do with the fact that Brian Hartline is really, really good at his job. Now, is he the best position coach that that we've had in college football? Ah, he's still really young for that. I think Larry Johnson, uh, senior, would have something to say about it. But, I mean, the guy is, like, undoubtedly fantastic at what he does. We will see if offensive coordinator is something else that he can excel at. That's that's the next step up, right? That's the next step on the uh, on the board. So, cheers to Ohio State. Cheers to Brian Hartline. This is a good, good move. And I am curious. The biggest question out of this is whether or not Ryan Day does give up play-calling duties because he did hire somebody in that is not exactly super experienced in that. We'll see. We will see. Uh, Next on the board, Baylor has hired a new running backs coach. Uh, Let's go on and pull it up on the screen here. It's A.J. Stewart, who was the running backs coach at Oregon State, and he is going to be the associate head coach. He played at Kansas from 2007 through 2011. Um, He coached at Rice from 2012 through 2017, coached at BYU in 2018 and 2019, coached at Arizona for one year in 2020, and he has been at Oregon State for the last two years. The guy knows football. He he just flat out knows football. Um, The running game has been really, really good. The running backs at all of these different stops have been good. And I think a lot of that has like can go along with, um, I think a lot of that can go along with uh, with what they're trying to do at Baylor. Uh, Abram Smith finished with a school record sixteen hundred and one rushing yards back in twenty twenty or excuse me twenty twenty one. You look at what he did at Oregon State, and I mean he pack, he coached the twenty twenty one Pac twelve leader in rushing named B.J. Baylor, uh, like he's he's good. The guy's really, really good. And so he he's from Texas, uh, or not from Texas. How about this? He has coached in Texas for a long time. He is somebody else that understands the landscape, that knows what he's doing there. I think this is a fantastic hire by Dave Aranda. Like Dave Aranda has been nailing it with his, with his hires. Like he really has. Ever since he's been at Baylor, he has made some really good hires. Uh and we'll see. You know, some of them obviously don't work out. Ron Roberts this year was not great, but uh, but hey, they won a Big Twelve title with him last year. That's pretty good defense last year. Pretty good offense. Jeff Grimes, etc. We'll see how long Grimes hangs around, though. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead, hit the last ad. We got a few more things that we need to discuss on the backside. Let's check out some things you should know about. Follow the show on Twitter at Winning Cures, and you can follow Gary at Gary WCE. You can also follow on Facebook. 
Got your own podcast or web show? Looking to start one? Or you're just curious how we look and sound so good? Well, we've got all the gear that we use listed on our gear page on the website. If you order using our links, you'll be supporting the show too. Subscribe on YouTube to get not only full Winning Cures Everything shows, but individual segments and other goodies as well. We're over 6,000 subscribers, and our goal by the end of the year is 7,500. If you're interested in advertising on a show that reaches over 80,000 unique football fans per month during the season, send an email to Gary at winningcureseverything.com, and we'll put together a plan that best fits you or your business. And now, back to the show. All right, all right. Let's, uh, let's first... Again, let me tell you, thank you for consuming the show. Thank you for checking out what we're doing over here. Uh, if you would, share the show out. Tell your friends about it for sure. Let's talk about Greg Sankey. Greg Sankey, during Georgia's national championship celebration in Athens over the weekend, called out former Big Ten, I guess current Big Ten commissioner, soon to be former Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren. And I'll go ahead and pull it up on the screen. Let's, uh, let's see if you can actually hear it. He committed as a leader, and we need leaders today in college football and college sports, not leaders who make a stop to build a resume and go on to something else, but those who understand the problems ahead are real and demand our attention. And then he committed. And in case you couldn't hear it, because it's, it's not super loud, it says, we need leaders today in college football and college sports and not leaders who make a stop to build a resume and go on to do something else, but those who understand the problems that are real and demand our attention. I mean, that is about as cold-blooded as you can get as far as a commissioner is concerned. <laughs> he he just called it like he saw it and, and said, look, uh, we don't need people that are going to come in and build a resume. We don't need somebody coming in from outside of our little bubble here to try and tell us what we've got wrong. And that seems like, from everything that I've read, exactly what Kevin Warren has tried to do in his three years as commissioner at the Big Ten. He wanted to blow up the system and make it uh, more in what he thought would be like an NFL image, right? That's what he was trying to do with the Big Ten. All of the expansion talk, etc., he was basically trying to commit or create a, uh, a mini-NFL with the Big Ten. He brought in USC and UCLA. Makes no sense logistically. But it made absolutely perfect sense as far as a dollars and cents point of view. Right? So he got this huge, huge contract, this huge uh, media rights deal with all these different networks. Did not include ESPN in the deal. I mean, we just talked about this last week. But this is still a huge, huge thing. Greg Sankey, much more college-oriented, university-oriented. He is somebody that looks at the system and wants to sit here and find ways to make it work. I think that's more of what we need, because you can't come in and then try and blow everything up without understanding exactly where you've been. There's, you can think about this from a multitude of different ways, right? When you look at the... Overall, we could make this a societal thing if you really want to. You you have to understand why things were built a certain way that they were, why things operate the way that they do, before you can come in and just blow it up. 
and think that you have better solutions because you don't understand what the problems were that led you to that initial solution to begin with. I think that's Sankey's biggest thing. He's been around the block. He has seen all this stuff. Uh, Kevin Warren wanted to come in and immediately start talking about paying players and this and that. And while I do agree that players should be paid, there's a lot more that goes with that. Kevin Warren, I mean, just as quick as he could, took USC and UCLA. Well, what are the logistics of that going to look like? What is that going to do to those student-athletes that have to fly across the country multiple times uh, during a season? What, what does that do to them mentally? What does it do to them physically? What does it do to basically the rivalries? What does it do to what's going on inside of that conference? I suppose we'll see. We will see what ends up happening. Let's see. Next on the docket. Oh, let me tell you about this. The Valtimary Surf Company. These guys are fantastic. It's a collegiate town apparel company. Uh, the shirts are super comfortable. I like the designs. Uh, you, I think, will like them as well. Go and check them out, ValtimarySurfCo.com. There's a link in the description that you can click. Uh, use the promo code Gary10, G-A-R-Y-1-0. It's going to give you 10% off of your order over there. Uh, so go and check it out, Valtimary Surf Co. Those guys are awesome. All right. Let's talk about Walker Howard. The LSU recruit, I guess, from last year, the, the five-star, some services, four-star quarterback, Walker Howard, decided to transfer from LSU after one year. And I guess I can understand that because Garrett Nussmeyer still has a lot of playing time left. And it looks like he is the second guy there. So Walker Howard would be sitting behind him for quite a few years. You know, Jaden Daniels is coming back for a year. Okay, Garrett Nussmeyer is going to be his backup, we would assume. And because Brian Kelly did say, like, Jaden Daniels is our starter going into next year. I don't know why you would say that. I don't know why you wouldn't have an open competition with the way that, that Nussmeyer played towards the end of the year. But regardless, Walker Howard said, well, there's not enough room in this quarterback room for me. So it, you know, there was a little bit of Florida talk here and there, but then you really, really started focusing in on TCU and Ole Miss. TCU is going to be looking for a new quarterback. Chandler Morris, everybody assumes, will be the next guy. Uh, but they, I mean, they had three quarterbacks in that room. Two of them are gone now at TCU. So there's obviously room for Walker Howard there. At Ole Miss, they've already got Jackson Dart. But things did not go really well for Jackson Dart last year. And now Luke Altmyer has left. And I'm sure that, you know, Lane Kiffin would love to be able to spruce up that quarterback room and get a little more competition going and, uh, and get some more talent in that room. You can see at 247 that the crystal balls now are pointing towards Ole Miss for Walker Howard. The reason this is so weird is because Walker Howard's dad played a quarterback at LSU. Like, he is from Louisiana. Uh, it, it felt like it was always going to be LSU for him. But the 247 Sports Crystal Ball is trending heavily towards Ole Miss for the former five-star quarterback. Uh, three Crystal Balls were submitted Monday night between 7 and 8 p.m. All three have LSU transfer portal player pointed towards Oxford. Uh, that's national writer Chris Hummer, uh, inside the Rebels' David Johnson, and TCU insider Jeremy Clark. All of them uh, predicted Howard to go to Ole Miss. Now, we'll see. What ends up happening? He, he took visits to both Ole Miss and TCU uh, over the weekend. And 
it just sounds like he's going to uh, he's going to end up at Ole Miss. I'm I'm interested. Like you've already got a starter at Ole Miss, but it's a starter that did not perform well. This guy already had a pretty good relationship with Kiffin. Kiffin was recruiting him even though he was going to LSU. Uh, Kiffin has been on him pretty hard since he entered the portal. And I don't know that TCU has. I do think it is a bit of an issue that we don't know who TCU's offense coordinators are going to be. Right? But at the same time, it shouldn't matter. It's Sonny Dykes' offense. I mean, it's we, we know what this is. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, my guess would be Ole Miss because I, I trust guys like Chris Hummer. Uh, and when you've got the TCU insider telling you that he's going to go to Ole Miss, uh, you, you would have to typically believe that. But regardless, we'll see what ends up happening with Walker Howard. That'll be a big get for either one of those programs. Last on the docket today. This is an interesting one. <laughs> you guys are going to love this. Rush Probst is headed back to high school football coaching in Alabama. He will be an associate head coach and athletic director at Coosa Christian School in Gadsden, Alabama. Now, what's surprising to me is, well, I mean, everybody knows that Rush Probst, it's super controversial stuff. It turns out he had he was the head coach at Hoover, and there was a show on MTV back in the day called Two-A-Days, and all those kids at Hoover became like, you know, Huge stars, or I guess B-level star, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was a really widely watched show, especially down in the South. Uh, Rush Probst was, you know, became somewhat famous off of it. And then it was revealed that Rush Probst had two different families. Uh, one of them knew about the other one, the other one didn't. So that became a whole thing. And then, of course, he eventually made his way over to Valdosta High School in Georgia. Um, But in April 2021, his contract was not renewed. There was a controversial year there. Uh, A lot of stuff that went on that was just really interesting, right? Talking about Georgia paying players and this and that. It was just a a whole thing. Uh, Stuff that got recorded. It was was pretty nuts. Um, But he also talked about Alabama buying players as well. He, he, He... has been caught talking a lot. We'll just say that. And he's not exactly known as the most uh, Christian individual. I will certainly say that. So for him to be coaching at Kusa Christian is pretty funny, at least to me. Like, I, I think it's hilarious. Um, but alas, it is what it is. Uh, I just realized I got the date wrong on this stupid thing. <laughs> Here, we're going to take it off for now. Good gracious. Uh, yes. So, Rush Probst is back. Um, I'm very interested to see what this is going to be like because I've, I've never seen a setup like this. Mark O'Brien is the current head coach, and he is the one that wanted to bring in Rush Probst. And basically, they're going to be two acting head coaches. O'Brien seems to believe that he and Probst can coach the team together. They can be two different head coaches. Marco Bryant, by the way, was the 1A Alabama High School Coach of the Year last year. So it's not like this guy has not been successful. But I guess, you know, you see an opportunity to uh, to get better. I guess that would make sense. But it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, 
a couple other things to uh, to look at here. The Colquitt County Board of here's here's what he did. He resigned from Hoover after admitting to an extramarital affair. Landed a job at Colquitt County, Georgia, uh, where he spent ten seasons prior to his dismissal in March of 2019. The Colquitt County Board of Education voted to remove Propes from his coaching position after it was determined he violated the Code of Ethics for Educators for one, legal compliance, two, conduct with students, three, honesty, and four, public funds and property, including giving pills to students on more than one occasion and owing nearly $450,000 in delinquent federal and state taxes. I mean, that is nuts. Absolutely nuts. Uh, and yet, here he is. He's coaching at a, uh, at a Christian school. So... We'll see what happens. Uh, but this is proof, again, of, one, winning cures everything. I missed the name of the show. We talked about that already with Browse. Two, uh, it just goes to show that if your talent uh, exceeds your problems, you will have a job somewhere doing something. So, ay-yay-yay. <laughs> uh, let's see. We could have talked about Ed Reed uh, complaining about the trash at Bethune-Cookman. Uh, Alabama wide receiver Tyler Harrell, who, of course, came over from Louisville and was injured all year, didn't get to play. He has entered the transfer portal. Oregon tight end Cam McCormick is going to Miami. Yeah, just a, a lot to dive into there. Uh, we'll close out the show um, with with this information. Um, we'll pull up the uh, We'll pull up the right story here. Let's see. Da, 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 da. All right. So I'm sure everybody has heard at this point. Uh, Georgia uh, lineman Devin Willock. Uh, he was a passenger in a Ford Expedition that crashed on Barnett Shoals Road. Uh, he and a recruiting staffer, Chandler LaCroix, died uh, in that wreck. And, of course, this was after the Georgia celebration. Just... Brutal, brutal news. Uh, obviously, our thoughts and prayers, etc., are with the Georgia family because uh, this is a rough one to get through. Um, but man, that is just brutal. Over the weekend, uh, you would never expect after a a celebration parade, etc. You know, you're celebrating a national championship. Uh, these guys were part of that program, and yet, uh, very quickly. Lives lost uh, needlessly over the weekend. Um, just uh, this, uh, these are always tough things to talk about, right? Like it's just uh, why I wonder why it's so difficult uh, to to discuss these things. But that's that's where we are now. And so, yeah, uh, prayers out to all of the Georgia family. Uh, this is a a rough thing to to have to deal with over the weekend. Um, you know, I'm sure they will have uh, a nice big memorial, but uh, but Devin Willick was, you know, everything that was good about college football. He was a, a fun kid. There were videos going around of him like showing off his championship ring uh, from 2021, I believe, to uh, to different fans like you know kids and whatnot. Uh, he seemed to be really really good with anybody that you know was was interested in talking to him. So you hate to see something along those lines. I hate to, to close out the show on something like that, but I didn't want to not mention it. So, uh, prayers up to the Georgia family on that one. With that said, I believe it's time for us to get out of here. Thanks to BetUS. 
America's premier online sports book, Where the Game Begins, for uh, for always bringing you guys the show. Go and check them out, betus.com. Click the link in the description. You get a $50 free play, no deposit required. All you got to do is sign up. So go on and check that bad boy out. And with that said, it's time for us to get out of here. You guys take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE. And the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.